You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. Welcome. Today, as they said, is Vision Sunday. And it's an exciting Vision Sunday because it's the very first Vision Sunday for Pursuit Church. And it's I'm super excited. It's been an amazing journey and we're not done yet. But I wanted to share with you the word that God has put in our heart. We've been praying about this word for months now. And you know, separately, not even together about it, but just separately. And God laid the same word on both of our hearts. So where there's unity, God commands a blessing, right? Yeah, that's right. And the word that he's given us is growth. growth. And it's, it's say not... Say that, everybody. Can everybody say yeah, that? Yeah, growth. growth. All right, good. <laughs> Job 8, 7 says, Though your beginning was small, your latter days will be great. That's a word for you as an individual and for us as a church and for your family. Do you receive that today? Come on. If you receive it, you need to shout out to Jesus because that's a word. Come on, that's growth. a great Woo. word. <laughs> Woo. Well, we hope you do receive it. Um, God has created every single thing in this world with the intention that it would grow. Right. Nothing is to ever remain stagnant or as a status quo in God's economy. Everything he created was to grow and to prosper and to bloom and to blossom. And since this is the first Vision Sunday at Pursuit Church, we wanna give you a little background information first. And this will serve as a reminder for some of you guys that have been with us from the beginning, and I'll just kind of catch you up for those that are relatively new to this journey of, of planting and building this church that God has given all of us the opportunity to do. This is a huge blessing. It's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity to serve him in such a real and tangible way to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this community. And so we kind of want to catch you up and let you know, on January 27th, 2021, Bob and I saw this building for the first time. Now he was here in person and I was still recovering from my spine surgery. So I FaceTimed with him and um, he showed me the building he walked through. And even though I was kind of in and out of it, I was like, yes, this, this is it. This is the place. And then on March the 2nd, we got the keys to the building. Well, March the 6th, we started our renovation project. That was just a few, like literally March the 2nd was like a Tuesday, I think. And then that following Saturday, boom, we were here. So many of y'all in this room were here pulling up carpet, pulling up these crazy tiles that were stuck down. Raise, your, raise your hand yeah. if, if you were here on that first Saturday when we were pulling up carpet. I, yeah. I see y'all. I know okay. who was here. Yeah. <laughs> we were popping off nails and oh, it was a hot mess, y'all. But it was great. It was fun to work and to labor for God and for the people that he would be bringing. So that was March the 6th. And we had our first service here for the team that same night. And for a while there, we were having um, church on Saturday nights. We'd work all day, go home, get cleaned up and come back and have worship service here in this building as a team. So that first service for the team was March the 6th. And then April the 6th was our first Easter Sunday service. Again, it was all with the team because the building was a hazard. It was just, we couldn't bring it, we couldn't open it up yet. And then our first public service, we were almost done and we decided to do a pre-launch and that was on September the 5th. And we officially launched and opened Pursuit Church SA on Sunday, September the 19th. Yeah. Awesome. So we've only been publicly open for four months, y'all. And God has done a great work. Come on. Woo! I want you to check out the screen so you can kind of get caught up and see where we came from.
looks a lot different. Wow. <laughs> a lot different, doesn't it? So 2022 marks one whole year of us pursuing God and loving people as Pursuit Church SA. Woo. And we know that the best is yet to come. Amen. Come on. So my beautiful bride mentioned the word that we both really just felt in our spirit that God has for you and has for us and has for this church. And that is growth. A year of growth is what we're believing for your life and for the life of Pursuit Church. And as we said, God created everything so that it would grow. In the Bible, what does growth as individuals and as a church look like? Well, there's a lot of different places we could find what that is, but this is the one that we landed on, and it's in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, and this is what it says. Instead, we will lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly, and each part, in its own special way, helps the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and what? Growing and full of love. That's what we're defining as healthy growth. That's what we're after as individuals and as a church this year. You know, someone once said that church growth is teaching and training the people who are in the church to become what God wants them to be so that they can then do what God wants them to do. Okay, that's what growth is about. That's how we're defining growth. Did you hear that? Church growth happens when the people of God mature and become more like Jesus. That's the goal of growth, is becoming more like Jesus. And I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. Because we're not just talking about putting more people in the seats on a Sunday. Some people define growth that way, okay? That's not necessarily all we're talking about. We're talking about becoming more like Jesus. That's right. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that church growth is all about what we call in the church world nickels and noses. That may seem like a weird term to some of y'all, but that basically means it's not about the amount of money coming in or the amount of people in the seats. That's not necessarily what church growth is about. The Great Commission is the foundation of God's idea of growth of the church. The Great Commission is the, the charge of the church with a big C, the global church, God's church in this world, on this planet. And that commission is to make disciples of all men. So church growth is not defined by how much money we bring in, how many people come in the doors. Church growth is when baby Christians, and even some of those who don't think they're baby Christians, you know, let, me, let me just stop there. When you see your baby Christians, that, that's not a derogatory right, term. Right. Actually, you know what Jesus said? If you want to get into the kingdom of God, you better become like a child. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. So when you hear that, don't think negative. Think, no, I need to become like that. Right. That's actually a, a good place to start with Jesus is like a child, with childlike faith and belief. That's exactly right. So church growth is when all of us 
allow ourselves to be taught, trained, corrected, encouraged, and equipped so that we can grow up, so that we can go out and disciples others and help them grow up so that we can multiply the kingdom. That's the whole point of church growth. Making disciples is not just about telling people about Jesus either. It's about showing them what he looks like, showing them by living out our day-to-day lives, chasing God, following after Christ, becoming more and more like him. And we do our best to live out what we believe. We we confess, have a confession of faith that we believe in God, that he is the one true God. We live that life out day to day. And here's the deal. We can only lead others to Jesus if we ourselves are actually following him. Come on, you better say that again. We can only lead others to Jesus if we're actually following him ourselves. That's right, come on. And in this passage of Ephesians, it says that we are to lovingly lovingly follow the truth at all times speaking truly dealing truly and living truly now there's some translations that say speak the truth in love and i think that's kind of where some well-meaning christians or some well-meaning church folk might get a little twisted and start thinking that they can beat us over the head or beat you over the head with scripture and bring all kinds of judgment and condemnation there's too many Christians out there that are trying to correct people and, and tell them what they're doing wrong, <clears throat> yet they have no basis or authority for that. They think they do, but we only have permission to speak the truth in love. Yes, that's good. Not to beat people up. We do not have God's permission to beat people up with his word. The word is good news. Not bad news, not you, you better get right or get left. It's not that, it's good news. And when we ask God, think about it. When we ask God to reveal to us our sin, how does he do it? He does it lovingly. He does it gently by bringing us into him and leading us to his truth. He doesn't condemn us and he doesn't bring condemnation. That's right, man. And going back to Ephesians 4.15, it says that everything, everything, we do should be done by loving, lovingly following the truth, the ultimate truth of Jesus Christ. He is the one that contains all truth. Okay, not our version of the truth, not the world's version of the truth. The real truth is found in Jesus Christ. And one of the roles that God has given us as your pastors is to help teach all of us and to model how to live like Jesus, how we as a community can live more like Jesus. And this is the charge that, that you know, we have to start with. It's found in 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. It says, I'm giving you this commission. This is Paul speaking to Timothy uh, as he's preparing Timothy to go out and pastor people and love them. I'm giving you this commission in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is coming to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearance in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready to do it, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Correct, confront, and encourage with what? Patience and instruction. So even Paul's not saying, hey, you go beat them over the head with the word. No, he says, teach it. Don't be afraid to teach it. Don't be afraid to to use the word of God, but do it with patience and instruction. And, and, And that's what we're trying to do. So the charge of the church, us included, is to listen and to learn and grow up in Jesus. We're all trying to grow up in Jesus. You know, Karen and I have other seasoned pastors and mentors that that we sit under, that we 
allow to speak into us. And there's people in, in this room that speak into us as well. It's like, hey, Bob, I don't know if you know us when you said that. <laughs> hey, we need that. We all need those that we need that. Okay, we all need that. That means that we're transparent and we try and allow people in. And that's one thing we're encouraging you to do. Let let people in to your life that can speak that way to you. Because our goal is to grow more like Jesus, right? And to be able to pastor you guys well, that that's what we need, that's what we want to do. And notice we said the goal. That means we're not there yet. That means we're learning, we're on the journey with you. Every bit as, as much as you're on the journey, we're on the journey, right? None of us is going to be all the way, quote unquote, there on this side of heaven, right? This is a journey. This is a journey. We're not, event- we're not going to be finally and fully made perfect until we go to be with Jesus in heaven. But that doesn't prevent us from growing. That doesn't prevent us from taking steps and doing the things here that we can that's right. You know, and, and growing means we're learning the Bible, but we're also learning to obey it. That's right. It's not just knowing the word and having head knowledge. It's having heart knowledge. Heart knowledge comes from having walked out some of the principles that God has taught us in his word and that we've heard from other pastors and we know to be the truth. And when we say truth, we're always talking about that capital T truth, God's truth not the world's truth. And I can't, I don't think we can say that enough because there's so many truths out there. The truth of, you know, Oprah has her truth. Dr. Phil has his truth. No, we don't, that's not even important. The truth that we need to be concerned with and obey and listen to is the truth of God because he'll never steer us wrong. He'll never steer us wrong. He'll cover us. He'll protect us. He'll lead us. Come on, that's good. And love us. He's always loving us. And you know, learning is a lifelong process. It's a journey. And, um, and it's a process that every believer is on or should be on. And church growth means that we also discover our spiritual gifts. God has gifted every single person in this room with something unique to them. Now it may be someone else may have a gift, but your gift is unique. It's your gift. Just like you are unique, your gift is unique. There were a lot of beautiful musicians and vocalists up here today, but they all sing different. It's a gift. It may be the gift of music, but it's unique to them. And that's just God. He's creative and that's the way he does things. And so part of growing is learning what our spiritual gifts are, what God has given us to do. And you know, your gift may be like, I'm not a worship singer. Uh Uh-uh, don't even turn the mic on when I'm singing, okay? But I mean, I know how to do administrative stuff. You know, I know how to do some little things here and there that are my gifts, encouragement. I like to encourage people. Everybody has a gift and it doesn't necessarily have to be something that like worship or preaching or anything like that. It's, it's what God has decided we get. He gives it to us. And, um, and I just wanna say that once we grow spiritually and we learn our gifts, then it's up to us to find ways to use them in God's kingdom to build his house. Okay, and I just want to explain that a little bit more. Growth as a church, again, individually and collectively means that we are all actively doing our part to build his church. That's good. Earlier in Ephesians, Paul was talking about the spiritual gifts, and he says how they're meant to build the body, the church. Everybody in here is the body of Christ, the church, and every person has a role to play, a position, a part. In church, the church, the body grows when we're all walking in our gifts. Amen. The church body grows. The church grows when the body is walking in their gifts. First yes. Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. 
as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So think about your physical body, right? If you don't use certain muscles, they're not going to grow, and your body won't function the way it's intended to. And actually, some muscles you don't use, they atrophy, which means they shrink up. And then you're going to be in a whole mess with that. (laughs) But the point is, when we're all doing our part, serving one another, and when we serve one another, we're really serving God. That's right. Come on. It's not about, oh, I'm serving so-and-so. No, no, no. We're serving God. We're serving each other, but we're serving Him. We create a place When we're serving in this body, we create a place where other people can come in and connect to God as well. That's so good. And all of us begin to grow more and more in the likeness of Jesus, which is what we're supposed to do, right? And church growth, again, is not about adding seats, people to the seats out here. It's about being able to bring others into God's kingdom. That's right. Go back to what I said earlier. We can't lead others to Jesus if we're not following him. So as we grow and mature in Christ and we serve out the gifts that God has graciously given us, we're able to lead others to Jesus. We're able to serve them. You know, and the the vision of Pursuit Church is, is to connect people to Jesus, help them find their purpose, and make a difference. But it's so we can all make a difference. That's right. And all of that is based on the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Again, it says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so you see, when every one of us is growing in our love and obedience to God, we are then living, breathing, modern-day disciples of Jesus. We're doing the same things that Jesus, before he went to heaven, instructed his disciples then on earth to do. When we're doing that, we're in the same place that they are. We have the same calling that they had. We bring his presence with us everywhere we go. We can bring Jesus' presence with us everywhere we go. Living out our lives, following and obeying Jesus, that's how the church grows. That's how the church grows. And you know what? Guys, I do a lot of reading. Trust me, I, I probably read three or four or five articles a week on church growth, okay? And it's all wonderful. It's all great. They, there's all kinds of good ideas. But you know what? If we're not growing closer and more like Jesus, none of it matters. That's right. None of it matters. That's, really- That's the true measure of growth because what we want, we want healthy growth. We want healthy people sitting in these chairs. That's right. Okay? That's the goal of real growth. Come on. That's right. That's the the real goal. And so when we're growing, we understand and we appreciate the role that God has given us in building his church. You know, in Matthew 16, 18, maybe you've heard this before, it says that the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. And as we grow spiritually as individuals and as a church body, we really start to understand that scripture more and more and more. And the reason why is because with Jesus, we can't fail. The church can't fail. The church is victorious. That's why the gates of hell, that's why when Jesus died, he went down and took those keys and said, no, I have overcome the world. I've overcome Satan. Because of Jesus, 
we have victory. And so we don't have to, that's what he means. The gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. That gives us a lot of hope, a lot of peace, a lot of comfort. And as we grow spiritually, we see that God wants to use all of us to build his church. Not some of us. He wants to use all of us to build his church. That's right. So what do you do when you don't feel like helping build a church? We talked last (laughs) week about our feelings and how they're not true. Our feelings are legitimate, but they're not factual. And so what do you do when you don't feel like participating? What do you do when you don't feel like coming in here on a Sunday and maybe serving? What do you do when you don't feel like obeying the scripture? Well, Hebrews 13, 15 says that we are to offer up a sacrifice of praise. Everything we have and everything we do is to give God the glory and the praise that he deserves. Praise just means to honor or to thank or revere. And so think about this, our service to one another in God's house, it's a form of praise because we're honoring him. We are thanking him. We serve out of the overflow. That's, that's the intention is to serve out of the overflow. What, have, what has God done for us? What has he given us? Well, let's pour that back out. Let's pour that back out into his body, his bride, his church. So service is a form of praise to God. And when we show up and we serve, even when we didn't feel like it, you might've rolled up in here today with a bad attitude. That's okay. There's times, I'm gonna be real, real. There's times I roll up in here and he was (laughs) driving crazy on the freeway and I'm like all jacked up. And I have to come in here and go sit in there and remind myself and let God speak to me that this is an honor. It is, we're here, we're alive. He didn't kill us, we're here. So I have a lot to be thankful for. So serving in his house is just another way of praising him and giving him honor and appreciation. We offer up a sacrifice of praise to a good, good God, y'all. He's a good, good father. Yes, come on. That's good. And you know, Jesus was sent to sacrificially serve. That's why he came here. That's why he was born. That's why he came to earth. He's God who came to earth to relate to us in the, in the form of a human being, of a man. And that's the whole purpose was to sacrificially serve. And he gave us the perfect example of how to do that. He was interruptible. He was available. He gave up any kind of agenda of the day to stop and to be present in the moment, to serve in the moment. He came to serve you. He came to serve me. And since that sacrificial service is so important to Jesus, well, we can believe that sacrificial service is part of what God has called us to do. That's That's part of growing in the likeness of Christ. How are people going to be fed if the church doesn't feed them? I don't want to go down this road, but I got to go there real quick. Sorry, babe. Not in the notes, but I believe that the church, the church should be the greatest social service system in the world. Amen. We are sent here to serve, to feed the naked, clothe the naked, feed the poor. That's what I meant. Feed, feed the poor, clothe the naked, serve people. That was what we're here for. It's not the government's job to do that necessarily. God sent us to serve. He sent Jesus as an example of how to do that. And I want to say this. Sacrifice is not really sacrifice unless it costs you something. Wow. I want to say it one more time. Come on. Sacrifice is not sacrifice if it doesn't cost you something. It costs Jesus his life. But here's the good thing. 
God is the one that's measuring our sacrifice. God knows our time. He knows our talents. He knows our priorities. And he knows our capacity. I want you to, if, you don't, if you're taking notes, please write this down. God only expects us to be willing to make a sacrifice based on capacity. But as we serve out of capacity, he increases it so that we're able to increase our service to him. Remember, everything we do, we do it for him. We were sent to tell you this year is a year of growth for yes. you, yes. for us, for this church. Amen. Amen. That is so good. Now, here's the deal. If y'all want to grow, and I'm believing, is anyone here want to grow this year? Yes. Come on. Does anyone here want to grow this year? Okay, I'm, I'm believing I want to grow, and I'm believing you want to grow. But part of that growth means that we're going to have to stretch in some areas. We're going to have to stretch some things in our life to grow. There is no growth without stretching. It doesn't happen. There is no growth without stretching. So as part of that, that means we're going to have to probably reprioritize some things in our lives, right? Because we're going to need some margin or some room in order for God to do things in us and through us. Okay, so we're going to have to make, remember that make room series at Christmas time? <laughs> it's part of what we're talking about. Can I, can I preach here a little bit? Can I teach y'all a little bit here and teach myself as we're doing this? You know, I know there are people in this, in this room, in this house, in this church that may want to serve, but they aren't because they don't have that margin in their life. They haven't created that margin. Their heart is willing, but they have all these other things on their plate. And I'm here to tell you, many or some of those things on your plate, God didn't put them there. You did. Come on now. There's things on my plate I know God didn't put on that. And I got to look at what's on that plate. And I got to say, should that be on my plate? And those things can take priority over the things that God says should be on my plate. Okay? And as a result, sometimes there can be no time or energy left to put the God things on the plate, right? And there are others that maybe are getting burnt out because they have a heart for the church. They have a heart to serve, but they're actually doing more than they're graced for, right? They're actually probably took on too much. And they're also picking up the slack for others who aren't serving, right? Remember, remember the body functions when everybody, every part is doing its part and it's fitting together is what that scripture in Ephesians said. It fits together perfectly, knitted around Jesus Christ. But it means everybody doing their part. You know, maybe some people aren't serving because they truly don't understand what's important to God. You know, so they put other things in front of what he wants us to do. And I want you to hear, nobody is condemning anybody here. This is not a word of condemnation. This is not one of those judgy, churchy things. No, nobody's condemning anybody because we all get it out of whack sometimes. That's just humanity. We're fallen and we need a savior. We get it out of whack and we need to be uh, retooled, re recalibrated, <laughs> whatever the word is. But, you know, life happens. Seasons change. 
divorce happens, you know, the death of a loved one happens, the birth of a child, there's all kinds of things that happen throughout life. You know, there's things that none of us saw coming, like this pandemic we're in. Sure. We didn't see that coming. I know I didn't see it coming. There's things that happen in life. And so that's just part of it. That's just part of, of life. That's part of being um, on this planet. And it shifts our priorities. When the things of life happen and they get us out of whack, it shifts our priorities. And I just want to hear, I want to come here today and tell you that let's get them back. Let, let's put them back. Let's put them back in line with what yeah. God called us to do. Yeah. Let's put them back together so that we can grow together. Amen. You know, God is gracious and he gives us grace. He gives us different kinds of grace also. There's grace for salvation. You know, there's grace for sanctification. He gives us different kinds of grace, but he gives us grace for what he has for us to do. Because he has the goal of us to become the man or woman of God that he originally created us to Amen. be. That's right. So there's grace for that. That's right. You know, the, the Greek word for grace is charis. And it basically means, this is a dictionary, Bible dictionary meaning. It says, the state of kindness and favor towards someone, often with a focus on the benefit given. 1 Peter 4.10 says that we're to use our gifts to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. A steward is someone who manages something or who takes care of something. God gives us gifts because of his grace. It's not anything we did. The talent you have, that's not because of you. You might have developed those skills, you might have practiced, but God gave you that. He gave us all the skills, the talent, the abilities we have out of his abundant grace. And he gives us gifts because of his grace, and he wants us to steward them well. He wants us to steward everything he's given us well, steward our lives, our jobs, our families, our children. He expects us to steward it well. And you know, when life throws you a curveball, the best place to be is in his presence, in his grace, because that's where he is, and that's where there's fullness of joy. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And in his house, this is his house. It may be our house, but it's his house. So there's no better place to be when you need some encouragement, some help, some love than in God's house. Amen. Amen. We talked earlier about priorities and Jesus made it very clear about what our priorities should be. When somebody asked him uh, in scripture, hey, you know, uh, what are the most important commandments was what they were asking him or what are the most important things about life and Jesus said well there's really only two you know Jesus was very succinct very you know direct he said you can boil it all down to two things and it's found in Matthew 22 verses 37 through 39 and Jesus replied to that question and he said love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and the greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, we kind of have a, a, a mission statement tagline here at Pursuit Church that's really derived from the scripture. It says, pursue God and love people. That's actually where that came from. That's in line with what Jesus said our priority should be. The most important thing Jesus said, as we just saw, is to love God and love our neighbor. And love, here's the deal about love. It's an action word. It's not a passive word. It's actually a very active word. Greater love, the scripture says, hath no man than to lay down his life for a friend. That's an action. Service is love in action. And even in our seasons of change, 
whether it's good or sometimes not so good, we're still called to love and to serve. That never goes away. No matter what our situation in life, our circumstance in life, we are called to love and to serve. And go back to what the church is. This is what the church really is. It's a body of believers following Jesus into the world. That's what the church, remember the church is, is an earthly establishment. We won't need the church in heaven. You, we'll be done. We'll, we'll be with the ultimate uh, Savior and, and God. We won't need the church. The church is an earthly thing, right? So the church is a body of believers following Jesus into the world. Jesus is with the hurting, the broken, the tired, the lost. He is also with that mom or dad who's kind of tired of being a parent. You know, I'm tired. I need a break, right? Jesus is with them. He's with those of us who may not have enough paycheck to pay all of our bills at the end of a month. Anybody ever been there? Jesus is the one. He's with those that are really hurting because maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they've been hurt in church. Maybe they've been hurt in his church by a person. And now they, or you, or me, start to view that thing that the leader did as Jesus. No, that's different. Jesus is with us in the hurt of human things that come about. And in those times, God brings us comfort. And here's what he expects us to do then with that comfort. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, he comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that what? We ourselves received. I want you to think about the last time you felt God's comfort, his love, his peace. For some of us, it's been too long. For some of you in this room, it's been too long. Maybe you've never felt that comfort and peace. Let Jesus minister to you. Let God give you comfort. And then I want you to remember what that feels like. I want you to remember that love and comfort. And the next time you have a chance to provide that love and comfort to somebody else, you're going to be able to recall that. You're going to be able to say, this is what God did for me. Let me in some measure do that for you. That's what God's calling us to do. You know, the best way to have our own needs met is to help meet the needs of others. I'm telling you, there's a sowing and a reaping principle. If you sow comfort and love and peace, you will receive that in your own life. That's a biblical principle. That's a biblical promise that God has given us. And the best way for all of us to grow is to help, to love, and to serve those in this house and outside the walls of this house because that's what allows us to become healthy and mature Christians. That is the kind of growth that we want for your life. That's the kind of growth that we want for our life. That's the kind of growth that we want for this church. And that's exactly going back to Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. It's talking about becoming more and more like Jesus, who is our leader, obeying Jesus. And as we do that, the church begins to fit together each of us doing our own part so that the whole church is healthy, is growing, 
is under the leadership of Jesus Christ. That's what growth is about in the kingdom of God. This is the way that God designed us. It's the way he intended his church to operate. That's right. That's right. And you know, a lot of times I hear people say, well, I just, you know, I need to study the word more. So maybe they think that going to another Bible study is going to help them grow. It might, it, it surely will. Um, it's not necessarily going to happen. Growth is not necessarily going to happen through another Bible study, another program, or another event. And you know, it may not necessarily bring more spiritual growth to you by sharing your testimony. We're supposed to share our testimony, absolutely. We all have a story of God's redeeming love, and we are called to share it. But that isn't how we grow past a certain point. There's a certain point. It's like when you try to lose weight, you, you hit a threshold or you hit a ceiling. Growth is the same way. You've got to press through. And growth happens when we start doing what God already told us to do. We don't have to go to another study to learn what it, what's, let me go deeper. I hear that a lot. I want to go deeper in the word. Well, are you already doing what God said to do in those other words we oh, heard? Come on. That's when real growth happens. When we start doing what he already told us to do. And he told us to love and to serve, to love and to serve. That's how we will grow individually. And that's how we're going to grow as a church body. We want this house to be filled with believers set on fire by the Holy Spirit yes. that, that have such a love for God, serving to their full capacity so that people who walk in these doors off the streets will be able to connect to Jesus. Yes. And they'll be able to find their purpose so that they too can make a difference. And maybe, maybe just maybe as people come in and they feel the love of God in these doors by the things that you guys are doing to serve them, to love them, to encourage them, to speak life into them, maybe they'll want to come to know that God that we serve. That's why we're here. That's the whole point of all of this. So that we, again, can connect others to Jesus, help them find their purpose so that they also can make a difference in someone else's life. Amen. That's how you propagate the kingdom of God on earth. You know, I, I just, I'd like you all to bow your heads real quick. Bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to pray for all of us here today. Heavenly Holy Father, I pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear where you're calling us, Lord where you're calling us to serve, to plant, to, um, to serve you, Lord. God, I pray that you um, give us eyes to see the spiritual gifts that you've given every single one of us, Father. I pray that you um, give us a heart, um, a heart to serve you, a heart for your people. Lord, let us love others the way that you love them. Father, I pray that you give us wisdom and revelation knowledge of what you want us to do, Father. Give us a heart to serve others, God. Give us a capacity so that we can do everything you've called us to do. Father God, I just pray that you um, open up our eyes of enlightenment so that we will know what it is that you want us to do. Give us again wisdom, discernment that only comes from you, Father. Help us understand how you want us to grow and what place you have for us in growing your kingdom here on earth. Enlarge our capacity so that we can rearrange things in our lives and have margin, Lord, to do everything you've called us to do, Father. Let it all be for your glory. Let it all be for your honor. Align our hearts with yours. And again, let us love the way you love. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name. So if you just keep your heads out and your eyes closed. If you're here today and um, 
You're just ready to, you want what God has for you. you um, you're holding on to your past or you're holding on to some pain. There's something that's, that's holding you back and you know you need a Savior, but you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and to be the Lord of your life, but yet you feel Him tugging on your heart. You feel Him wooing you gently. You hear Him whispering in your ear. If you're finally ready to let go of your life, to let go of the control of your life or trying to control it, if you're ready to make that decision and you're ready to respond to His voice as He's gently calling you, and all you have to do is pray a simple prayer after me. Say, Dear God, forgive me for my sin. I know that you died to redeem me. I know that you're the Son of God. Father, come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. Give me a willing spirit to follow what you've called me to do. Forgive me for my sins and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.